Welcome to the Life Central Podcast, the podcast where we answer the big and the not so big questions as we seek to go deeper and wider in our journey with Jesus. Each episode, we'll be joined by a host of special guests who will speak life and wisdom into the topics that really matter. I'm your host, Debs Brennan, and on this episode of the Life Central Podcast, I sit down with our lead pastors, Leon and Alison Evans, as we discuss the topic, making godly decisions in a chaotic world. So wherever and however you are tuning in, we're so glad you could join us. This is the Life Central Podcast. Happy New Year, podcasters. Welcome back to the Life Central podcast to episode number four and the first episode of 2024. It's hard to believe that Christmas is already behind us, but I trust that whatever your circumstances, you were able to find and hold on to moments of joy and, of course, take time to remember and reflect on the incredible birth of Jesus. I'm really looking forward to today's topic, actually, however daunting the title may sound. Uh, and helping me to discuss it are our wonderful lead pastors, Leon and Alison Evans. Hello, both of you. Hi, Dave. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Thank, Thank you, you for having us. Yeah, How are you both? How are you? Yeah, we're good. I think yeah, we're good, aren't we? I'm good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's been a yeah good build up to Christmas yeah. and lots of exciting yeah. and record numbers of people coming to Amazing. church. So, yeah, it's yeah. been good. That's oh, really so good. good. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously I can't ask you how your Christmases were because we're recording this and we haven't had it yet uh, but as it will be January when we'll all be listening to this I am interested to know what are you each looking forward to in the coming new year? Oh, do you know, this? I wish I could say something really fun because I realise that I'm kind of a little bit like the dull one out of this partnership. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but, but one of the things I am actually really looking forward to next year is is seeing how I can grow and develop more in God yeah. in my faith because I, I think no matter how long you've been a Christian, there's always stuff to learn. And there's some key things I've identified already that I really want to develop next year. So I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, I think for me, I I love learning and growing. And so I I am a kind of a goal setter and all of that. And uh, I will be doing that uh, into this new year. And I've got some goals that I want in terms of health and fitness Mm. and spirituality, but also new opportunities. So I'm going to be 58 this year Ah. which is really old (laughs) but actually i'm just been asked to write a book which i am just embarking on which i'm excited about for spring harvest which is exciting so that's going to be something i've never done before Mm. um so yeah so i'm looking forward to for me i I always say uh, every day i want to learn something new and that can be a really trivial thing or it can be a big thing. But I think doing something like this means that actually this is a year when I'm going to be doing some stuff I've never done before, which That's, is good. That sounds so exciting. Mm. I really love this time of year because I love the fresh perspective that it brings and like this fresh thinking that I just seem to be able to do. And I do think that leads quite nicely into what we're talking about today. So listeners, you may have sat there and thought, well, Deb, that's a bit of a heavy topic for the start of a new year. But there are a couple of reasons why I think it's right to talk about what we're talking about today. Uh, The first is our world is full of chaos right now. Everywhere we look, everywhere we turn, close to home, further afield, whether we're reading the news or scrolling through social media, it's everywhere and it's overwhelming. The second is that this time of year lends itself to change, I think. There is something about a new year that encourages us to reflect on our lives and consider changes that we might want to make. And because of all of that, it's a time of year where many of us consider making choices to make those changes happen. And so that's why it feels right to be talking about this 
today. Now, Leon, I know this was uh, a topic that you felt really prompted mm. to look into based on changes you'd seen in society recently. And I'm interested to know from both of you, what changes, big, small, church or not church, have you seen recently? Yeah, I think I think when we look back over the last few years, maybe five, six years, it's probably one of the times of most change that we've seen, certainly in my lifetime. In fact, there's one of the words of the I know the word of the year this last year was riz, charisma, okay. but one of the words before that was perma crisis, okay. and almost like this sense that which we've, we've seemed to lurch from one crisis to the next. When you think back to 2016 and Brexit, yeah. you think of COVID, you think of how many prime ministers we've had in a short space of time, cost of living. Mm wars in Ukraine, Israel, Gaza. We just seem to lurch from one crisis to the next. And I've been reading a lot in 2023 um, on sociology and where the world is at. Mm. And there's a lot of thinkers now who are saying that actually every 500 years or so, there's a massive shift in Mm -hmm. culture. You know, it's kind of like the Dark Ages, you know, into the Middle Ages, the Reformation, you know, and, and they reckon that now we're in that what they call a gray zone in between one kind of way of life and another. Mm. And I think with the digital revolution and AI technology and all of that, it's just the world is changing at a rapid rate. And I've never known a season of change like it. That's Mm. reflected in church, how we do church. And it's also reflected in how people are responding Mm. to that amount of change. You Mm. know, and I think it's absolutely massive, really. Do you see it as people responding positively or do you think people are really struggling? Oh, for me, I think... Some people are responding positively, those who are well, those who have the resource, both emotional, psychologically, Mm. practical. Mm. I I think there's a lot of opportunity, Mm. which is brilliant. And it's lovely to be equipped for change and ready for it. I think it's much harder for those who are less well equipped for change. Mm. Um, You know, one of the things that I feel very saddened by is the massive increase in the number of people living in absolute poverty. Mm. And it's anticipated to rise next year. I think that's one of those crucial changes that we've seen in a supposedly wealthy Western country. The rise in the use of food banks and the increase in poverty. And something that sadly doesn't change is it's always the most vulnerable that suffer. So in in amidst so much change and so many opportunities, which I think there are a huge number, Mm. um, unfortunately, vulnerable people are still the most vulnerable. That's children, people with disabilities, Um, long-term health conditions, older adults still are the ones most likely to struggle with change. Um, and I, I personally, I feel quite passionate about helping those people to actually yeah. engage with change in a positive way without yeah. without just necessarily being grumpy because they're finding it difficult, but yeah. trying to help them to, um, you know, cope with change in a way that feels positive for them too. Mm-hmm. I think for me, I, um, I, I had read a quote recently, I can't remember it exactly, but it's something like, when you refuse to change, you find yourself perfectly equipped for a world that no longer exists. Wow. Yeah. In other words, the world has moved on. Yeah. You know, and I think I see that as a leader. I think a lot of leadership is changing when I look at what's happening in the church around the world. You know, the amount of scandals, investigations into leadership culture. And a lot of that is around the fact that the world has changed shape. what's normal and normative is now being redefined you know and i'm looking at some of these things thinking crikey that 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 seems normal you know but now it's not normal because because the world is changing and the ground is changing around us and i think you know as a christian we've got we've got to know what's unchanging and actually what is changing i think sometimes we get those two things confused so i think those of us that do struggle with change we have to be careful because it you know we can find ourselves 
perfectly equipped for a world that no longer exists. And I think as the church of Jesus, we can't be that, you know, so we've got to be changing whilst at the same time holding on to what doesn't change. I wanted to just bring in um, a bit of a positive spin on Mm. things, really. I don't know if it's just my Instagram algorithm and it probably is, but I've seen a lot recently of people, particularly Christians, who are trying to just reclaim a little bit of a simpler life who are trying to turn away from the chaos and so you know homemaking and home cooking and spending time with family and recognizing the the negative aspects that social media can bring and recognizing when it's time to just take a little bit of a break and those people provide such an example for me because I do get lost in the chaos sometimes I think we all do I think it's natural that we do so I've been really encouraged actually to go do you know what it's okay to step away from it it gets too much and sometimes we just really really need a break and the other positive change and particularly from our own church's point of view um, was church going online over the pandemic what a blessing that has been to this church and you know the the whole the whole thing I've, I've mentioned it before about the row behind the back row and suddenly now we're able to reach a group of people who we would never have reached before the pandemic and it's just one of the greatest it's one of the best changes I've seen really for this church it's been great yeah absolutely I think you know there is a lot of positive changes and I think you're absolutely right and I think even in COVID we discovered some like you say simpler rhythms simpler ways of doing things which I think many of us really valued at the time mm. we probably lost it a little bit yeah. when 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 it opened up again but I think trying to hold on to some of those things and I think the new year is a great time to think about yeah. what did I find and discover in that crisis that actually I want to keep in the future. Yeah. I think that's a great question to ask. And yeah. I know in my life, I know I discovered things and, you know, but after the new year is a great time to say, oh yeah, but have I lost that again? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Have I got sucked back into, you know, what it was before, whereas actually I discovered something new and something fresh really as well. I think the other thing that's, that was really great during the pandemic, which I, I'm hoping has stayed, I can see signs that it's staying, is an understanding that we need each other. Yeah. That that relationships are important, yeah. that friendship is important, yeah. that being part of community is important and that we are responsible for each other. But actually that brings a lot of joy and a lot of life yeah. and you can have great relationships with people who are nothing like you. Yeah. Um, different cultures, different backgrounds. Mm different socioeconomic groups, different all kinds of things. Um, But, you know, those relationships are really healthy and really rich and help you in your life as well as helping you in your relationship with Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, from a church point of view, I I love the digital space and the uh, online space. And I think it's given us so many opportunities, not just to reach people, but to help p- disciple people. Yeah. You know, a kind of, there's 168 hours in a week and an hour you become to church. So the other 167, <laughs> you know, there's a whole big world there. And I think that's been brilliant, yeah. so rich. And, and seeing, you know, our connect groups, some of them older people as well, doing right now media courses, you know, when they went on Zoom, you know, all of that. It's just great. It's innovation. And I yeah. think that's great. And when you know your mission you know then your methods can change you know and as the world around you changes if you hold on to your mission know what your mission is our mission is help people find and follow jesus well we've seen more people baptized in 2023 than any other year mm-hmm. we saw more people come to our big christmas event the big weekend than any other year yeah. before covid or since covid yeah. you know and actually many people their first experience of us now is digital mm. it's on our website or it's mm. online yeah. or it's on social media 
you know, and I think that's been brilliant. And then seeing people baptized and some people saying, you know, I came to Christmas or I, I came to, you know, I watched online or, uh, you know, I saw it on social media, all of that. Yeah. That's great. I think that's exciting. It's so easy to see change as this massively negative yeah. thing, but our faith calls us to change and yeah. our faith is a faith of change. And yeah. God tells us to look forward, not yeah, to look back. Right. And yeah, he's walking right. a path for us to follow. So um, I want you know, we could be here. We could speak all day about the changes in society that we see there are so many of them both good and bad but off the back of those things that we've mentioned already this morning I wanted to spend a little bit of time talking about the effects that change can have on us and the barriers to it Mm. yeah I think when there's so much change around you I do think that like Alison said you you can feel overwhelmed and I think people can be, be people can become change weary yeah you know there's so much change going on and i think sometimes as as the church as well it's almost like hang on a minute my family's changing my work's changing i want to go to church and it all be exactly the same you know because we're change weary really but i think with that there's a lot of uncertainty and instability around as well Mm. um and i think that makes change very hard Mm. to deal with really Yeah, I, I I agree with you. I think there's so much change. And, and the truth is, change is part of life, isn't yeah. it? You, you can't uh, say, I'm not going to change anymore because it's permanently with us. <laughs> I think one of the great advantages of our modern digital age is that there's so much information that helps us to change. However, actually, we can also get overloaded by information. Yeah. And I think that information overload is a really difficult aspect um, that we all wrestle with because it leads to cognitive paralysis. Mm. Basically, you can't make decisions anymore because there's so many different choices, so many different options. You get overwhelmed very, very easily um, and you have to face competing demands, which also uh, complicates the situation even further. So I, I do think that that we are in a season where we are equipped for change better than any other, Mm. but figuring out which change to make and which is the right direction to move is becoming increasingly difficult because there are so many different choices available. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a good point. That's good. Um, You know, we're creatures of habit, aren't we? We like being comfortable. We don't, we don't, we don't like things to change, yeah. um, but as Christians, we've got to we've got to learn we've got to learn how to, I guess. So, something I read re- uh, recently, which I really like, and it, the guy was saying, change takes time, and time creates gaps, and gaps expose insecurities. Okay. And I thought, so when you think about that whole change process, actually, that's really helpful. Change does take time; it, that creates gaps, and gaps expose insecurities. And I think when you're in that process of changing. You know, then there are those gaps and there are those insecurities which are hard. And like you say, we would rather retreat to comfort. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Than to work <laughs> with those insecurities. But the other side of that is growth. Yeah. And I think as Christians, as followers of Jesus, we are called to growth. Yeah. And that comes that you very rarely you can't grow in your comfort zone. You grow yeah. outside of your comfort zone and change provokes you outside of your comfort zone. And I think we we've experienced that as a church mm-hmm. and I think experienced it as individuals as well. Yeah, perspective's everything, right? Mm. I mean, the more fearful of change we are, the more we get trapped in a negative spiral. And yet, if we see change as an opportunity, suddenly our world can look just so different and help us stay relevant with the world. And that helps us with our Christian mission. Um, I think all of this leads quite well into our next 
question, um, which is where do our choices come into all of this, into all of this change? Because when everything is happening around us and to us, it can feel like we have little to no control over over anything. But I know that that's not the case. Like my Bible tells me that that's not the case. So I just wanted to have a chat with you about that, really. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think I think for me, I, I, I like that phrase. I, I think it's from sport, really, but about controlling the controllables. You know, the things that I can control, there's so much I can't control. And I think in a, in an increasingly chaotic, changing world, there's so much we can't control. But what we can control, uh, we can take control over, really. And I think that's what God gives us. You know, and he gives us that ability to do that. And I think that's really, really important. And I think then with the rest of the things that I can't control, that's where surrender and trust come in. Yeah. You know, and I think for me at the start of the year, I'm thinking about, okay, God, what is within my control? that actually you want me to take control on, mm. you know? So so my health, my relationship with Jesus, do you know what I mean? The way that I treat my wife, the, mm. you know, the, the kind of friend I am, you know, they're, they're, they're not everybody else's responsibility. They're my responsibility. Yeah. They're things I can, can take control over. But what happens with my kids, what happens with the economy, what happens with, you know, other things around, I've got to surrender that. Yeah. You know, that's the bit where we want to take control over that, whereas actually I've got to try and surrender that. So I think it's trying to distinguish which are the controllables that I can control yeah. and which I can't control and what do I do with them? And that's where discernment comes in, yeah. right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. It does. I, I think the other thing here that's really important is that as followers of Jesus, we've got the opportunity to model something different to that which the world generally, people who don't follow Jesus, you know, it's it's easy for us to say, uh, you know, let's not be anxious or worried about anything because that's what the Bible tells us to. Mm. But lots of people don't don't have access to a relationship with Jesus yet. Yeah. They don't have that comfort and that security that keeps them grounded. And um, in a world where the World Health Organization says that anxiety and depression has increased by 25% since the pandemic, you know, at as followers of Jesus, we've got something really unique that we can model to the world here about mm. the fact that underneath it all, underneath all that insecurity or anxiety, which is normal in the process of change, there's there's someone who keeps us secure and stable, Amen. who will see us through, who we stay in relationship with, who gives us that bedrock on which we can build everything else yeah. uh, and I think we forget sometimes that we we carry this treasure as an example yeah. to people you know and, and uh, it's a great it's a great gift of hope yeah. uh, that we carry into our everyday lives and into the world yeah I think it's important to acknowledge like that our fears and anxieties don't go away when we are followers of Jesus mm, yeah. but what a great like you said what a great gift it is yeah. is to have and I'm not shy of sharing that I you know I have anxiety I live with it on a daily basis but I'm just so glad I have Jesus in the yeah. midst of all yeah. that because I don't know what I'd do. No. Yeah. I don't know what I'd do without yeah. him. Yeah. You know, I, you know, we can choose how we react to change. Yeah. The words we use, the the thoughts that we use, our, our posture, our attitude, you know, um, but we can choose to be open to change too. And, you know, we've said already how important it is to do that. I was so surprised, you know, I was reading my Bible in preparation for today and just being so surprised at the amount of verses that talk about change, choices, Mm -hmm. decisions, you know, last night at Remix, you Mm -hmm. mentioned about having there being a do not fear for literally every day of the year. So that's like 365 (laughs) references right there. But the bits that got me were the verses that talk about God as an anchor, that he's constant that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yeah. And he says of himself, I'm the Lord, I do not change. Mm-hmm. And when I read verses like that, suddenly change becomes something. I don't have to be so afraid yeah. 
to face because we don't want to be out of control right and knowing that there's an anger who means we're not going to get swept away when these storms of change come at us it's just just so encouraging Mm. so encouraging Mm. we were um, watching the crown this week and uh, we know it's not like accurate we know it's a drama (laughs) but we were watching the episode where uh, tony blair was trying to help the queen reform and reform the monarchy and i remember back in that era hearing all that and obviously this is just a drama but it was really interesting because the queen was open to change uh, in the drama the royal family a I'm little, sure she a, was a little really less so yeah. and, and she was open and so she yeah. invited him to speak into it yeah and then of course he went quite brutal yeah. you know you need to change this you need to change that you need to change that. and you could just literally see on the screen the queen bristle yeah, you know and yeah. starting to resist but then she got to a point where she did push back on him which yeah. was really interesting because yeah. she said in all of the need to modernize the people actually value antiquity as well mm-hmm. they value something beyond themselves and she used the word transcendent and i, I really felt quite moved when mm-hmm. i watched it because i thought actually with all of the stuff changing We've got to remember that we're created by a God who doesn't change, yeah, just like right. you've just said. That's right. And so actually that need for transcendence and that need for other beyond us is really, really important. Mm-hmm. And it's that. And I, when I look at the Queen, you know, and, and, and the life that she led, I do see somebody who, I don't know, I never knew her or anything like that, but, but who seemed genuinely anchored by her faith. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Who, who, and just look at the change that she saw in her 90 odd years of life. I mean, it, everything changed, didn't it? And yet there seemed to be that transcendent, that anchoring yeah. of a relationship with God, really. And so I think I think those two worlds of a changing world and a God who doesn't change, mm-hmm. that, that, that bringing them together is really powerful, actually. Yeah, powerful. No, yeah. it absolutely yeah. is. I I wanted to think practically for the rest of the episode. Um, to think about our choices and our decision making, knowing that change is going to be this kind of present, ever present presence and knowing that we'll always have choices to make is really important that we consider how we actually go about them. And I wanted to start with um, what choices do you think are important as a follower of Jesus? So for me, there's a very old song that goes through my head every time I think about the answer to this question. And it's it's my absolute and for me, my absolute is I've decided to follow Jesus, no turning back. Amen. Yeah, come on. And I, I think for me, that underpins everything. Yeah. There are lots of things about the way in which we do things that can change. But for me, I've got an absolute there that will never change. I've decided to follow Jesus. A little bit like I decided to marry Leon. <laughs> <laughs> but even deeper than that. Did you Sorry, know? honey. Did you know? <laughs> But, you know, the the same way as you commit to a marriage relationship and you say, you know, I've decided this is it. You know, that's even when it's difficult and perhaps you go through some bumpy bits, you know, it's a commitment. And for me, deciding to follow Jesus is at the basis of it all, really. Um, So that that's where I begin. That's huge, really. And I think I mean, coming out of COVID and the amount of people that actually stopped following Jesus um, is quite sad. Mm-hmm. But the amount of people that started as well yeah. is exciting. But that commitment, that decision, no turning back is massive, really. And um, yeah, I'm just thinking about the fact that you've decided to marry me, no turning back, no turning back. <laughs> Obviously with gritted teeth, she's in there, however many years later. <laughs> Well, however we did it, it worked. Uh, yeah, it? So. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and continues to do so. Yeah, it does. 
but Alison, you're so right. Like yeah. it is the bedrock of everything yeah. we do and ultimately becomes the bedrock of every decision yeah. that right. we end That's up good. making. Mm. You know, it's, it's not a one-time choice. It's a daily choice to follow Jesus. We make a decision to be saved, but we make a daily choice to yes. physically follow yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Um, you know, to follow in his example, to yeah. become more Christ-like every day, to take up our cross and follow him, mm. to serve, to obey, and to choose to look forward, to forget the former things, yeah. as Isaiah said. Yeah. And to surrender to yeah. to God's will for our life. Um, Leon, I know we've got a new series yeah. coming up within the church. Talk to us about that. I will, because this is really exciting to me. So so at the start of the year, we tend to try and do a series that we think is going to be good for people that maybe came to Christmas who oh, don't okay, have faith. Yeah. So usually that first series of the year is what we call a really double-barreled one, mm. that it's good for Christians who are following Jesus, but it's really accessible um, to people who are not. And so we've called it I Choose, and the kind of subtitle strap line is there's more more on the line than you think and it's really thinking about some of those big decisions that we do have the ability to choose so we're looking at discipline over regret we're looking at purpose over popularity we're looking at surrender over control we're looking at important over urgent mm. so whether you have faith or not actually those are really really big big decisions that that we can all choose to make and to decide i choose but i think when you have got faith as well there are imperatives in the bible mm. do, do you know what i mean the importance of choosing you know paul says like, like i discipline myself in order to run this race you know, when you look at Moses, that uh, it says in Hebrews that he chose, you know, to be ill-treated with his followers rather than to enjoy, you know, all the treasures he could have. So he made a decision to choose purpose over popularity. Mm. You know, you think Martha and Mary and the, the one that, that chose to sit at the feet, you know, and to, 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 to actually surrender rather than try to control, you know, the importance of choosing the important rather than the urgent. You know, these are massive things that can change your life. And I think for, for me... I'm looking forward to January being that season where maybe we think about some of those big decisions as well and mm. make some choices that could not affect the whole year, but could affect the, the way we go into the year. You know, they're, they're not going to be able to, to, to cause, you know, just to stop everything happening, but the, but they will shape us up. And I think we we are in, responsible for our attitude, our mm. posture, yeah. our decisions, our response, our yeah. reactions. Yeah. And so I'm really excited about that. I think it's going to be a great series, actually. It sounds great. I can't wait for it. Mm. Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it as well, because I think there's there's such apt topics and they're so countercultural yeah. in so many ways. You know, just as I, I think about some of those concepts, you know, purpose over popularity mm. how countercultural is that in a world where we're all kind of looking for followers and yeah. you know yeah. using uh, technology to gain traction in all kinds yeah. of ways I mean I guess we're doing part of that now but um, <laughs> I think it's a it's a really profound message really that actually is. we are called with a purpose each yeah. of us has Amen. a purpose and it might not be a purpose defined by other people no. in fact it probably won't be yep. if your purpose is divine by uh, defined by god yep. then actually th there's nothing better than finding freedom mm. through fulfilling that purpose mm. rather than some uh popularity that perhaps is quite fleeting because yep. as we all know things are trendy and then they're not anymore yep. Yep. um but you know the surrender over control Again, another one. We we don't we don't talk much about surrender. We yeah. talk a lot about control in our society, don't we? What can we influence? What can we control? What can we do? Yeah. What can we make happen? Yep. And actually, to have the freedom to be able to say, do you know what? I'm going to let God 
take control yeah. Yeah. of yeah. the key decisions in my life. The biggest yeah. changes in my life came when I got on my knees and surrendered. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. there yeah. is there is no other way that that's, that, right. that's it no. you know that's right. and yeah. I'm so thankful for yeah. that yeah. yeah so good how how do we how do we make God honouring choices then what do they what should they what should they look like well I think the Bible's <laughs> always a great place to start <laughs> yes. yeah. you know I think there are some there are some key principles that run all the way through the Bible that really that are based on these things that we've yeah. talked about already yeah. about discipline, you know, maintaining your relationship with Jesus. And yeah. that's not discipline as in, you know, being told off and being naughty if you don't do it, but just mm. recognizing that regularly connecting with Jesus mm. helps you in your everyday life. What does that discipline look like for you guys? Um, it, it varies for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I really enjoy silence. Okay. Um, it's yeah. my personality. It suits me quite well. Uh, last summer, we were fortunate enough to be able to put a summer a summer house in our garden. Yeah. And I quite often talk about going to my shed. Um, <laughs> that sounds so good. <laughs> which is, no devices are allowed in the shed. Uh, so it's just a space where, providing it's warm enough, we haven't got around to heating yet, um, providing it's warm enough, I, I like to sit in silence and just take some time to listen to nature and connect to God mm. and to try and listen as much as I speak mm. so that's quite important for me but you're quite different aren't you yeah yeah I am I mean I, I, I'm i better in the morning so I like to try and give the first part of the morning to, to not just to give the first part of the moment to the Lord but focus time but then not to try to be aware of God's presence throughout the day mm. as, as well really I think the other thing for me is it's really important having good relationships in my life you know I always think like don't, don't only use one mirror in other words yourself if you only look in the mirror of yourself you're only going to see how you want to see yourself you need other people that can you know give you a better perspective on yourself i think that's really important but i say on, on making god honoring choices start small and start today mm. oh, come on you know so just start with some small things yeah you know there's an accumulation of small things that have a big impact yeah you know and you see that like even like let me let me use like the gym for instance if i stop going to the gym nothing changes on day one day two day three I've just not, I've just stopped going but then if I keep stop going then eventually that's going to make an impact and, and likewise when I go I mean Alison loves the gym we go oh, to the gym together talk about discipline the gym for me I hate going I hate it when I'm yeah. there I hate when I've finished <laughs> yeah, should I? and I'm really grumpy yeah but what, my point is that but if you keep going and do something small there's an accumulation uh, yeah. over time yeah. Yeah. which which yeah. has a benefit yeah. so i would say gone honoring choices is start small and start today yeah yeah like that book atomic habits talks about one percent choices doesn't yeah. it yeah. and yeah. The, the small that, that build up yeah that build yeah. up over time yeah so i i think one of the things about talking about uh kind of spiritual disciplines is that sometimes we can feel these are really heavy mm. and you know if you haven't got a summer house or you haven't got time to start your day in quietness, you know, if your house is full of kids or there's yeah. other things going on, yeah. it can actually feel quite overwhelming and it becomes one of those things that we feel anxious about, you know, yeah. oh, I'm not connecting with Jesus. So I, I would really encourage people to think think creatively about that okay. as well because, you know, we had a child with additional needs. Yeah. You know, there were 15 years there where it was really difficult to find any silence yeah. or any space to do anything and I, I had to get really creative. Mm. So... You know, I, I found little strategies that worked in my head. Okay. And, and this is what I kind of encourage other people to do. Find something that works for you. Mm. So uh, it used to be every time I heard a siren go off, an ambulance siren, I would pray for people that were sick. Wow, okay. Um, uh, while I was watching my uh, 
boy playing in the sand pit. I couldn't do anything else. Couldn't take my eyes off him. So I had to just sit and look at him playing in the sand pit. Really boring. Yeah. But I learned great opportunity to pray because I can't do anything else. Mm. It's some space that I've got. Um, journeys to places mm. where, you know, the kids are in the back seat, strapped in and reasonably under control and quiet for a while. Pray on the journey. Talk mm. to Jesus as you go. Mm. Listen to worship music whenever you get the chance because it mm. feeds your soul. Yeah. When you sing to your kids, sing worship songs oh, so that you are worshiping with them, yeah. even if they're not really joining in. But I think to not feel pressured by this, there's no yeah. one formula. Yeah. It's the outcome you're seeking, not, yeah. not the process that gets you there. So I, I think freeing ourselves from that kind of, oh, gosh, I haven't done enough. It's not good enough. And instead creating small opportunities yeah. that make up little kind of spaces with Jesus yeah. amidst the yeah. difficulty and the challenges of the day. Yeah. It's, it's a great way to manage things. You make a really good point there because I think it's really easy to get weighed down by the societal pressures that are around us. Yeah. My social media feed is great because it's full of Christian men and women who are doing their best to follow Jesus. But my day doesn't look like that. My days are busy. Yeah. I work long shifts. And so yeah. I can't sit down at five o'clock in the morning all of the time and, yeah. and spend the time that I want to in my Bible and in, in prayer. Yeah. But love that. I can be in the car. I can be singing worship music, whatever it is. Yeah. I think I think that's really good and really powerful. Um, and ultimately just seeking God in the first place. Our, our, our godly decisions come from the time that we are able to spend with Jesus, the more that we learn about him and learn about his life and the things that he would do with other people and to, to, to emulate that is ultimately how we make, how we make godly decisions. Um, I, I did want to get a bit personal if it's okay. <laughs> you know, we've, we've talked about, we've talked about change. We've talked about the changes we see. We've, We've talked about the effect that it has on us and how we go about making wise choices. And I just think it would be really great for our listeners if we're able to share a few personal stories with them about how we've been able to apply some of the things that we've been speaking about today into real life, because that's what it's all about. Sure. Yeah, I mean, one of the, I think for, for us, one of the God-honoring decisions that we made right at the start of our relationship, in fact, even before we were married, was about giving financial giving you know and for us that's a spiritual decision a yeah. god-honoring choice of how we're going to handle the money that that we receive from god do you know what i mean because we don't you know our view is that we steward we're stewards of it so we don't own it and and whether it comes from whether when allison was at nurse nursing or or lecturing or me working in the church or whatever you know that that that's god's money really and we steward that so for us a god-honoring decision was that we wanted to honor god with our giving and for us that's always been about tithing mm -hmm. you know um, and, and going above and beyond that. And there have been times when we've been financially really tight and it's been a pressure. In fact, I remember early on in our marriage going through our finances with our bank manager and when he saw the money that was going out to the church every month, he thought we were crazy, you know, and, and, he, and he actually commented on it as well, really, which he probably shouldn't have done, but he did. <laughs> and, and again, it, it doesn't make sense to, to some people, no. you know, but it, it makes sense to us because yeah. for us, it's a God honoring decision yeah. and it's a discipleship. It's about following Jesus. Yeah. Like Alison said, no turning back, no turning back. You know, and over the years we have looked at it and we thought, oh, what could we have done with that money? And do you know what I mean? But mm. but God's been really faithful to yeah, us, you know, and even if he wasn't, we would still do that anyway because it's decision, no turning back. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's that's so important. And as we've looked back on life, you know, we've never really been rich, but we've never gone without stuff no, either, really. Right. Not the stuff that we yeah. need. And, you know, I think as we honour God, he, he honours us, you yeah. know, he meets us in that 
that decision-making process. And one of the biggest decisions we've made recently, which does connect mm. to the the idea of income really, is um, during the pandemic, we made a really massive decision uh, for me to actually give up my job as a senior lecturer at the university, which was what was a challenging job, but it was it was quite a nice job. It gave us a nice income. Um, and we really felt um, that there was a change coming in our lives where okay. we've always led the church and ministered together. Mm. But we felt that God was was calling me specifically to give up my work in the university and to join Leon and for this to be my primary occupation, helping people to find and follow Jesus through the church. So we made that decision. It was a massive decision. It yeah, was it huge. was quite difficult. Uh, I mean, at the time, it represented a sixty percent reduction in income. Wow! Um, so it was a really big decision to make. It was really counterintuitive. I was just coming to the end of my PhD, which should have catapulted me into uh, a new phase of academia, writing journals and all that kind of thing. And and. It, I completed the PhD, but I completely dropped out of academia. I haven't written any journal articles, um, but I'm convinced that it was the right decision to make. Because you, when when you kind of know that Jesus had said something, you, you need to follow him. Did you have a period where you wrestled with the prospect of that change? Did you find it difficult or, I don't know, did you did you just trust that, that this was just the way forward? I th there was a process to it yeah. as well. The, the elders were going through a process where we were praying. We had a, an external coach come in who was helping us through the process of what God was doing in us as a church, mm. us as an eldership, mm. me. And then out of that process, Alison mm. kind of emerged because she's an elder uh, and the focus shifted onto what God was doing in Alison. So I think we as an eldership all saw that God was doing something in Alison. Okay. And so that was part of that whole process. But then we were on holiday in July 21. So if you can remember back to 20, so 21 was we just coming out of the pandemic. But there were still things like we went to Menorca for a week and we had to do tests. Remember, yeah, you had to do a test yeah, three days before yeah. you came back. And, <laughs> yeah. and if we were, you know, COVID yeah. positive, we'd have had to stay out there and blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's horrible, really. What a hardship. Uh, I know. I know. <laughs> yeah, it would, it would have been. It would have been quite difficult. We, oh, okay. we couldn't have stayed where we were, no. so we'd have, been, oh, we'd have to yeah, find okay, somewhere okay. else. But anyway, <laughs> and it was during that holiday there, wasn't it? That, yeah. that It was just the two of us. Yeah. And, and we really gave God the time yeah. and the space. Yeah. And I think God spoke into yeah. our, both of our hearts, didn't he? He did. I mean, I think to answer your question about the wrestling of it, for me, I, it's not making the decision that's difficult. It's then accommodating the change that comes after yeah. okay, you've made yeah. the decision. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think, I think the transition itself. Once you know God said something, oh, for me that's okay. I'll do it. Then trying to figure out what does that mean. Mm. So, so what does this new role look like? Mm. Um, how are we going to work together? What's that going to yeah. be like? Uh, how will the rest of the church uh, leadership team? How will that change the dynamics? So, I think, mm. I think change is never in isolation, is it? You don't make no. one decision. Generally, if you make one big change, there are lots of smaller yeah. changes yeah. that you're then required yeah. to make uh, by means of adjustment. Mm. And I, I, there have been some of those that have been more challenging than I anticipated. There's been some that haven't been challenging at all. Um, but for me, again, it's the security of knowing if God said something, Come on. Yeah. Then, yeah. then I'll do it. Yeah. Um, because on. once God's spoken, 
it's much easier to fall into line to yeah. surrender to what you know to be true yeah. back to that bedrock of I've decided to follow yeah. Jesus yeah. Right. if Jesus said this then I will do it yeah. Yeah. it's going to be uncomfortable along the way because every major decision has a degree of discomfort with it yeah. Yeah. Um, you know and they're not always the ones that you imagine they're going to be you know, yeah, and, yeah. and you've just got to be committed to keep working through yeah. those changes and recognizing that ultimately, if you work with Jesus, it's for your good and yeah. for the good of those around you. Yeah, we don't have the answers, but we follow a God who does. That's yeah, right. Absolutely. That's right. You know, I have to I have to keep I have to keep sight on that. I mean, yeah. for me, uh, the podcast is a decision that um, a big bit of change in my life recently. I God told me to start a podcast back in May mm. and I resisted him for. <laughs> I'm sitting in the car going to work and he's like, yeah, Debbie should start a podcast. And I'm like, what? Like, what do you see in me? Like, what qualities have I got? Um, but once I kind of sat and reflected and saw the journey that God's brought me on over the last 18 months since I had our son, I suddenly saw an opportunity for healing and growth in that journey too. And so I prayed a lot. And eventually I surrendered. And like I said earlier, the moments of biggest change in my life come when I get on my knees and I finally yeah. surrender to God. That's right. That's good. That's right. And here we are. And he's just, you know, he is the anchor for me. And, you know, when I sudden, you know, when I remember that, like suddenly my soul isn't as restless anymore. Um, mm-hmm. So there we are. Mm-hmm. Um, well, thanks for being so open there, guys. I really appreciate that. No, it's good. Um, you know, it's really, it's really good for us. It's just really helpful to hear about real life, I think. Mm. Um, Leon Allison, I'm so grateful that we got to have this conversation today. Um, I've been really encouraged and really empowered actually by the conversation. And I hope listeners that you feel the same as well. It's, it's definitely given me a lot to think about. So thank you. Uh, our world may be chaotic, but the way we react to it doesn't have to be, Absolutely. does it? Um, so thanks so much. Thanks, Deb. Thanks thank for you. coming. Thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, then don't forget to like, review and subscribe to our podcast. Please, please share it as far and wide as you possibly can. Not only will it help our visibility, but more importantly, it will help us to share the good news of Jesus with our wider community. And if you have any suggestions of any questions or topics you would like us to cover in future episodes, then please get in touch with us on the Life Central socials. We'll see you soon for the very next episode of the Life Central podcast.